Welcome to the Quantum Leadership Podcast, where paradigm-shifting conversations and new thought-provoking perspectives inspire established and emerging leaders to grow. My name is Dora Hainal, and I will be creating a select line of content and resources, along with heart-centered leaders as guests on this show, to offer you a new take on modern leadership. Join in to discover new tools to support you to claim back your authentic power and embody your highest potential in support of a better world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quantum Leadership Podcast. Today's episode is the first one from a series of podcasts that I will be releasing where I dive deep into the mysteries and teachings of our own body, one of the greatest initiators in this life. This topic is near and dear to my heart because some of the biggest shifts and upgrades that I've had in my life stemmed from gaining a deeper understanding on how to work with my body differently starting from building up self-love through many, many years to allowing it to teach and initiate me and take a very active role in the co-creation of my life journey. So in this series, I will help you understand how to work with your body in ways that allow you to gain a greater understanding of your body's inner alchemy, increase your awareness around it, and help you be fully present in your body to engage it as you work towards reaching your goals. Working with your body and fully taking back your control over it is one of the most important steps you can take to achieve more, be successful and more fulfilled in your personal relationships and do better in your professional and personal life. When you engage your body in the right way and actively involve it as you work towards your goals, things become a lot more effortless for a number of reasons you will notice that your decisions will feel a lot more aligned and authentic and that there is less resistance around them. You will also notice that your general sense of clarity and vitality increases and that overall you feel more efficient and satisfied with the outcomes. All of these do not need to be a pure coincidence once you know how your body can support you as you work towards achieving any goal, basically. I take this line of work so seriously that whenever I'm working towards achieving external goals, making sure that my body is in prime shape and through it I feel balanced and my mind feels sharp is part of any action plan that I'm making. The reason why people still haven't managed to fundamentally shift their physical and emotional well-being for the better is because there is a lot of discussion and noise in the media that give us the false impression that we have an understanding about how our bodies work, but in reality, this could not be further from the truth. We as a society have never been so disconnected from our bodies, and it's never been this challenging to find a way back to establishing this connection. One symptom of this is the constant feeling of apathy, stuckness, and emptiness that many people are experiencing, sometimes for days, weeks, or months on end. And I believe that it's because they have never been equipped to know how to connect, nourish, and work with their body in the first place. Many people don't realize that they live through most of their life as an out-of-body experience, where if you ask them to describe how they feel or what their body needs in order to have more vitality, they would fail to do so. There is a core part within us that I would call as our essence or our soul that comes with a certain emotional blueprint. Depending on our individual makeup and life path, 
This blueprint and our personal dynamics that spin out of it can be quite different, but we also typically carry as part of it certain activation points or triggers, as we mostly refer to them. These can be points where we might feel extremely vulnerable, fearful, or quite the opposite, highly empowered. When we touch on these points as we interact with our external environment, they get to activate and show us our internal landscape. Where do I feel that I'm really in my power versus where do I feel that I'm losing a lot of energy because of the emotional and thought patterns that I'm using right now to interpret what I'm experiencing? A lot of what we do when we use different personal development or healing modalities is actually aimed at recoding these patterns so that we can function more efficiently. We rewire certain circuits, correct and upgrade them when we fear that what's currently available to us does not serve us in the best way and we could do better. We usually carry quite a lot of vulnerability around these activation points and triggers because the entire point about having them is that we don't necessarily have the full awareness about them and ourselves. We gain awareness by actively working with them, but that's not the case in the beginning. And whenever we're not fully self-aware and do not have the tools to protect ourselves, we experience our vulnerability. Each of us copes with this in different ways. Some people naturally embrace their vulnerability and others might prefer to escape it. Usually when we push ourselves away and out of our body is because we need to deal with heavy emotions or trauma and we try to save our core essence by removing it from the equation so we do not risk an even greater damage. By eliminating those feelings, we can carry on existing without having to feel our discomfort, but unfortunately everything else as well. And for most of us, discomfort and uncomfortable situations do show up regularly because that's just the nature of life. So the common way for you to notice that part of you isn't fully here with you in your body is when mostly what you feel and experience is numbness and emptiness. Another common indicator is when you're not able to remember parts of your day or week. And of course, I don't mean it due to an illness, but because you weren't focused and aware enough, so your attention shifted somewhere else from the present moment. So today, I'm going to be focusing on discussing how you can come back fully into your body and build your awareness to be able to notice when you're not fully present in it in the first place. I need to call it out that depending on your personal journey, doing this kind of work might require that you engage someone to support you instead of doing it alone. Here, in this space, I'm aiming to describe these things from an energetic perspective, which does not equal doing the actual work. I fully believe that we have everything available to us to become the empowering catalyst for ourselves, but I also like working with others and try out different modalities simply to learn and grow faster. Letting others in your field to support you is something that I think more people will do in the future because ultimately everything and everyone around us is part of us and our experience. So why not leverage them and allow them to serve their own mission? In the case of dealing with some past trauma, Often there is external help needed to be able to move forward simply because just our own current perception of the world does not allow us to feel safe enough to open ourselves and do this work alone. And that's completely okay and normal. 
People living in the force believe that they can work on their professional and personal life goals in isolation from the pile of unresolved emotional wounding and trauma that they carry within their ancestry or they have perhaps encountered in their own life. The emotional blueprint of these events is all stored in the body, waiting to be transmuted and released. If that's not being done proactively, they will come to the surface in the form of triggers begging for our attention to heal them. When we experience a surge of negative emotions or triggers, that's when we try to escape or bury them because there is very little know-how that we have in our hands that would help us deal with these differently. Especially when we try to evolve into the next stage of our lives, some of our hidden emotional blueprints will activate simply because leaving them unresolved does not match the energetic frequency of the place where we're trying to move into. The way this can manifest itself is that just when we think that we're ready to push towards achieving things, interesting inconveniences keep popping up. This can be both internal and external. Some examples for internal impediments can be anxiety, procrastination, some dependencies or dependency dynamics flaring up all of a sudden, negative self-talk or imposter syndrome. Overall, we experience some form of self-sabotage. The external events are merely a holographic projection of these and they can appear in the form of people or external circumstances seemingly standing in our way. We experience the world through our body and we also get to expand our consciousness through it. Any creation or change that we're looking to bring into the world needs to manifest itself through us and more specifically through the body before it hits the ground fully. We can only be a clear channel to these and do that with a high efficiency if we're fully present in our body and know how to engage it to support us in our creations. When we face heavy emotions and discomfort as we create and work towards our goals, The most common reaction that we have is trying to escape them instead of facing them head on. We also do this because we think that they slow us down in our progress and instead we prefer to move forward fast. And of course, we generally don't like to deal with the heavy stuff. Part of the reasons why we don't like dealing with these things is also largely due to the dualistic labeling that we associate with emotions and sensations that come through the body. They're either good or bad most of the time, and we rarely practice to even describe them further. When we feel good about something that happened to us, we rarely go further to explore why we feel that way. So we potentially miss out on receiving positive feedback that could teach us more about what are the things that we enjoy and have a positive effect on us. What are or could become our passions or ways that we can recharge ourselves? What are the environments where we fear that we are valued and can flourish? What type of activities give us a positive charge? Our negative, or as I prefer to call them, lower vibrational emotions have even more to teach us than the positive or higher vibrational ones. This is the problem with the labeling. Of course we want to escape from and avoid anything that's quote-unquote negative. If we take out the negative labeling, all that is left is a lot of information about what requires attention. Sadness and anger are no longer a bad thing, for example. They just simply are and exist. If we stop seeing these emotions as negative, it immediately shifts a lot of our experience around them. 
I don't see these lower vibrational emotions as negative, more like a compass to guide me to a better understanding of who I am. How do I best function in the world and what do I need to do to create an environment for myself where I can best thrive? Although happiness, anger, sadness, and all the other emotions are universal and everyone experiences them from time to time, our individual moments of happiness, anger, and sadness are very personal to us. My happiness and my sadness are my unique personal experiences because they are triggered by things that are personal to me. As we encounter these emotions on a daily basis, They provide a lot of information that we should look at more carefully. Through our emotions, we get to understand what are the things that help us experience the best versus the worst versions of ourselves, so we get to decide how we prefer to show up in the world. By understanding my joy and excitement and my sadness and anger, I also get to take more control and decide consciously where I take myself and my energy to experience these things or to avoid some of them, in fact. The more specific we can be with describing how we feel, the closer we can get to our core emotions and ultimately the underlying core message behind the stories that we are telling ourselves. I will also say that our feelings can be grouped into shadow versus core emotions. I would call shadow emotions the cover stories that sit as a layer over our deeper, more authentic feelings. Anger is typically one of these shadow emotions that plays out in cover stories that we're telling ourselves. I think that I also need to explain what I mean by the word shadow. It isn't a negative way for me to describe something. It merely suggests that something sits in the internal shadow within our mind's landscape. Just like in the external world, when something sits in the shadow, it's hard for us to see or even notice it. This does not make that thing good or bad. It just means that we're not able to fully perceive it from the focal point where we currently stand. We tend to shut down our experience with our lower vibrational emotions because negative labeling also adds an element of shame, perhaps. In these moments, we experience ourselves in ways that we don't want others to know and see us, and we don't want to accept these as part of who we are. But they are such an important part of our journey to evolve. And I would argue that even in the highest possible versions of ourselves that we're seeking to embody, they will remain a core part of who we are. Being at your best does not mean the absence of your shadow. It means that your shadow is fully weaved and integrated into your daily functioning. When we fully embrace our shadow, that's when it gets to relax and ease out because its primary function is to raise our awareness. Once that's there, it does not need to flare up in extreme ways and cause chaos within and around us. I decided that I had to learn and practice sitting with my discomfort once I understood why that was necessary for me to do so. And to my surprise, once I dare to face my shadow and be open to receive the messages coming from it, the emotions disappeared very quickly and what remained was a lot of insight and new perspectives that I could meditate around now in my own peace and time. Negative or lower vibrational emotions are shadow emotions. They are definitely a part of us and we would best do to embrace them but they're actually not here to show or solidify a negative self-image. 
They are more transitory emotions that are really there to show us where we have our boundaries, for example. I don't think one can figure out where their boundaries lie without tuning in to receive the guidance of their lower vibrational emotions to show them. We're not meant to remain and circle in these lower emotional states. We are meant to feel them, embrace them, and understand the message that they carry, which is to tell us basically that there are places where we don't belong because they don't bring out the best of us, or we need to transform the place itself in order to better accommodate who we really are. So our shadow emotions bring us back to our authenticity, even more so than our high vibrational states. So what are we meant to do exactly with our shadow emotions and where do they have a place in our internal landscape? They're simply meant to be embraced, understood and integrated. They are ambassadors to our true essence that wants to send us a message this way because maybe we did not pay attention or take action when the message was showing up in more subtle forms. Another perspective that might help integrate them is the understanding that they are a part of us, so they are not to be escaped from. By not accepting ourselves when we see ourselves in our lowest moments, we shut down the possibility to understand the bigger, fuller picture of who we are. It's by working with my personal shadow emotions in the hope of being able to better control them that I eventually came to the realization that instead of fighting them, all I needed to do was let my guard down and remain open to hear and see the underlying message that they were trying to show me. And for a long time, this did not fit within the concept and image that I had of myself. But I discovered that there is a lot of power in embracing my anger, for example. It made me feel and become more real about myself and realized that it's also essential to do this so that by being more real and true to myself, I also inspire more trust in people around me. Instead of wanting to paint a perfect picture, I can show up with my anger and the rest of my shadow as an ally without even letting it all out. By integrating my shadow emotions, they got a chance to find their place in my life and my system because even anger and fear can be useful for us in the right context. Just by keeping them in my field, I have far more respect towards my own boundaries and in parallel, I'm also experiencing far more respect from people around me. I know that I can only keep my anger and the other shadow emotions under control in the case of an event that triggers them if I deeply respect my own boundaries. It's by ensuring that I hold a safe space around myself with healthy boundaries that I can allow my body to feel safe. It's through this knowing and trust that we can teach our body and our subconscious mind that they're safe. So even if there is a triggering event that we're facing, we don't need to sink into a fight or flight state. When we feel fully safe, that's when we're able to remain fully present in our body. And when we feel safe, also on a subconscious level, that's when we don't need to reach for our primal survival instincts when we face unexpected or challenging things. This is also key to maintaining a higher vibrational state and consciousness in the long term, so that we get to think with clarity and call in our highest version or timeline available to us and tune into the highest potential outcomes when making decisions. Thinking with full clarity means that we bring our awareness in the present moment, 
So we don't remain in the stories of our past and they don't get to control or influence our view of the present and therefore our decisions. And equally, we also don't run ahead of ourselves trying to control future timelines and outcomes. Instead, we get to focus on what we feel in the present. What are the signals that our body is sending us? What is the energy of the space around us? And see how others in our field show up by connecting to them instead of seeing them through the lens of our internal narrative. This is how you get to increase your clarity around how you perceive and interpret things and increase your precision of your decision-making. This greater level of awareness also requires us to take more accountability for ourselves. When I'm able to see and understand my inner truth, my drivers and my boundaries, I have a responsibility to take action. Once something comes into our conscious awareness, the energetic dynamics also shift and a new question comes into the picture. Am I able and willing to hold space for myself and take aligned action, or am I going to sabotage myself by denying my own truth? At the end of the equation, you gain a lot of internal power and self-respect by following through with the first option, or lose a lot of your life force and sense of self-respect and self-worth by abandoning your newly found truth. The reason why you lose energy in this scenario is because you step away from your core essence or refuse to stay in it. Once you have awareness, you have a choice. And once you're aware of your choices, not choosing yourself will come at a greater price because it's essentially self-betrayal. So it will take you down into a downward spiral until you take action to course correct. When we are able to connect to our authentic thoughts, we make decisions that reflect our true identity and thus bring us to more aligned outcomes. And when we reach this clarity about ourselves, it's also easier to read other people around us. When I gain the ability to recognize my authentic emotions, I also gain the ability to see those of others around me instead of reading the cover stories that they're unconsciously or consciously trying to project. When negotiating with others, for example, these skills can help you bring others closer to their desired outcomes, supporting both parties involved at the same time. This is also the core process of empathy, not just being able to hear and feel into what we're being told, but actually see and gain a deeper understanding of the inner perspective of the other person. As you gain a better understanding of yourself, you will gain a better understanding of your environment. The more time you're willing to take to sit with your emotions and to transmute them, the more subtle they will become because they no longer need to escalate to gain visibility in your conscious spectrum. Ultimately, what I experienced and what I wish for you to see is that the more you increase your ability to work with the most subtle messages that you receive from your body, the more efficient you will become and the less friction you will experience internally as you face your emotions. So where can you start with building this more intimate connection to your body and ultimately to your emotions and yourself? I will say, start in small increments. As I said, it takes some practice and time to teach your body that it's safe for it to express these emotions if you don't already have a strong practice in this area. You can start by asking these questions like, how am I feeling right now? 
How do I really feel in this situation? What do I feel that I need right now? And try to locate the emotions that come up in your body. In which part of your body do you feel that they reside? This is an awareness exercise and you're building new muscles to perceive yourself in more subtle ways. When working with emotions, I would also strongly advise for you to write them down. Because often, especially in the beginning, the core emotions, the core wounding will not show up right away. There is too much vulnerability that comes with these emotions, so they will first present you with a cover story. The cover story will likely bring your focus outward. So even if you're able to name some emotions that you have at that moment, they will likely take your focus towards an external focal point, maybe an event that happened or someone who did or said something to you. What's important to note is that this is all just a cover story and it might still be far from your authentic core emotions and core wound. With time, if you do this consistently, this will become second nature and you don't need to approach it as an exercise anymore. I also need to call out that once you invite your emotions to show up, it's very important to take action, as I already mentioned. You're essentially building up your trust internally. So when you set an intention to face your emotion, you need to hold space for yourself with accountability. Once a message comes up and you get clarity about your needs related to a specific situation, you need to act on it. This is the entire point of this work. By gaining more awareness of ourselves, we can take responsibility instead of leaving it to others and our circumstances to know and respect our needs. When I take full responsibility for myself, I can no longer blame others and play the victim. Our body is a precision device, and once you learn to use it as such, you will understand and solve challenges faster, and your precision around your decision-making will increase. Because once you learn to feel and understand your own truth through your body's subtle messages, you're capable to better understand and act on your desired outcomes. Greater awareness comes with greater clarity and harmony. And it all starts with you being fully present for yourself in your body. Thanks for listening to the Quantum Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit the follow button to get notified about the next release. I would also love to connect with you and hear your feedback. Share your comment below and let me know what you found interesting in today's episode or head over to the show notes to find more ways to get in touch. Thank you until next time.